0: Welcome back, afternoon drive. Goodman Mason, watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to talk about Dan McKenzie at McKenzie Law. I uh, did my estate plan with him, my uh, living will with him as well. I'd put it off for a very long time. And then I started thinking listen, there's no guarantee for tomorrow. And I want to make sure I'm in a position where the courts aren't deciding what I want. I don't want to put my living will in the doctor's hands either. So I got on it. Once I started the process with Dan, I'm thinking this can't get done fast enough because, again, I don't know what is going to happen tomorrow. Once the process was done, I could not be any more thankful working with Dan. He answered all of my questions. He was patient as well. And you don't have to have a lot of money to want to get some sort of will done. I mean, you want to make sure whatever you have goes to the people that you want it to instead of having families fight over stuff. You want to go with Dan McKenzie at McKenzie Law. Trust me on this. He is the man. Go to the McKenzieFirm.com. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. All right, let's go out to the hotline. I want to bring in Thomas Harding, writes for the Rockies, for mlb.com. How are you, Thomas?
1: I feel good. I feel clean, except have you ever spilled gravy on things? It's really
0: amazing. Yeah, I have, on Mm. turkey and uh, stuffing and mashed potatoes. Where'd you spill it?
1: Um, I spilled it in a bag carrying other things, and it's a... It's a, it's a travesty right now. How
0: did, that, how did that happen? Just the time. jar opened or something?
1: Yeah, just, just a little container opened, and um, I was picking up something to kind of eat, and I, I was in the mood for gravy, which probably that's the, uh, that, that's the message, that I shouldn't be eating gravy on anything, but gravy helps everything.
0: Where were you going to put the gravy on?
1: I was putting it on chicken. I was putting it on potatoes.
0: Well, congratulations. Mm-hmm. It's on there now.
1: Yeah. You're just bad. a little too soon. Yeah, it's also on the um the the uh bottle of tea that I bought.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it could be on a couple of other things. So did
0: There you, we go. Did you wipe it off? Everything was saved. You're going to go back and get more gravy?
1: Uh not more gravy. I think that maybe maybe that was the sign was that was that there was too much gravy.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm sorry that that happened. Uh, Next time when you go to the store, uh, leave the gravy boat at home. Don't put the gravy in the gravy boat (laughs) with your groceries because that, I can promise you, will be a problem. Uh, Opening day is tomorrow. General question, how good are you feeling about the Rockies this upcoming season, and what are realistic expectations?
1: Um, I think that it's funny because I do think that this team – could get to 500 then you don't know um but it's going to be it it will be hard to get there because i don't see the pitching depth um they improved the lineup and it's a strange team because i do think that um i do agree that they needed to hit the ball out of the ballpark and they got a couple of guys in here who could do that and maybe um a couple of guys will, will up their home run numbers because you're never going to have the same offensive performance at on the road or as, as at home but if you can steal a few games out on the road by hitting the ball out of the park i think it helps you i like the rotation um is it the greatest rotation going no it's not the 1970 Baltimore Orioles or the, or the but when you when you look at what they're able to do at Coors field and they pitch pretty well on the road, they give you a chance um, so they they don't measure up to other teams um, in the the top teams offensively, but I think the combination of the um of the park at home and the um, and just the pitching on the road it gives them a fighting chance so can they get the five hundred and with an expanded playoff, how close does that get you to it
2: okay so if they if if they, if they don't get to 500, then what is the most likely thing that broke down that prevented them from getting to 500 or having a winning record?
1: Well, I think the most obvious thing, because it happens almost every year, is they lose a key pitcher or two at some point in the year and they're not able to replace it. Um, when I look in the system, uh, most of the pitchers that you expect to be there are down low in the system. And most of the pitchers that you think, hey, they have some talent, right now they're hurt. I mean, Peter Lambert, he's they're really being slow with him. There's a slow recovery from the Tommy John surgery. they have seen some foreign things crop up with him. But Brian Rawlison, who I thought would maybe even compete for a rotation spot, he has a shoulder issue. So does Helcris Olivares, who is a guy that I think from Double A could probably make a pretty quick jump to the majors. But even a couple of the younger prospects, um, Chris McMahon and Sam Weatherly, Weatherly a big lefty from from uh, Clemson, that a lot of people think could move through the system quicker if they have him break in as a reliever. But those are two good arms, and they're both on the shelf with lat injuries right now. So no matter how far down you go, you don't really have the pitching depth in the top of the system. It's more journeyman guys. So that's where I think if it breaks down, um, that's the first place I look.
0: Uh, Let's talk about the lineup, the addition specifically of Chris Bryant. I'm guessing you spent a considerable amount of time down in Arizona and in that locker room. What's the environment now that he is in there?
1: Well, it's uh, (laughs) a... It's interesting. I've talked to a number of people about this, and I actually mentioned it in my newsletter that, that, that posted yesterday. Here's a guy that doesn't bring a lot of the baggage that this team has had. I mean, from the Jeff Breidich days, uh, having their going back and forth between home and road, all those little things that kind of weigh the Rockies down. Chris Bryant seems to be kind of um, not – he doesn't pick that stuff up, and I think part of it is he was in Chicago where they ended a 108-year curse. So this guy, he, he, he believes um, that he can make anything work. And I think the Rockies needed that type of attitude because, Lord knows, um, in recent years with guys leaving and everything else that's gone on and really a difficult um, relationship with their own general manager, they needed something as far as the mental, psychological um, piece. And and I think Chris Bryant provides a lot of that.
2: Even at this early stage, do you already see players and even others in the organization kind of responding to what Bryant brings? And if so, kind of how have they responded?
1: Well, it's um, some of the younger guys. I know that at the end of, well, at the right after the lockout, um, they were, Chris Brown was one of the first guys they went after. Also uh, also Kyle Schwarber, those, those seem to be at the top of their list of guys they're going after. But they made one more shot at Trevor Story. And Trevor Story was really not interested in coming back. I think Trevor Story had seen enough, been through enough, but you still have Ryan McMahon sitting there thinking, maybe I'm going to sign long-term here. Bringing in Chris Bryant, I think, had something to do with Ryan McMahon's decision there, also on um, some of the long-term pitching signings. They still need to figure out a way to control, um, to, to to get some sort of control on the Kyle Freeland situation. He may go year-to-year year and leave like John Gray did, or they could try to bowl him away with an offer. But it, it, it did kind of give the feeling that, hey, they're building something. They have Marquez, they have Sensatella, and maybe if they get more pieces as they go, this can become a better team. And Ryan McMahon, um, you know, he ended up uh, buying into it. And I think that Chris Bryant made a difference in that.
0: We're talking with Thomas Harding, longtime writer for the Rockies on MLB.com. Jeff Breidich is gone. I don't think it is an unfair thing to say. He wasn't going to win any popularity contests. When he was there, now that Bill Schmidt is in charge as the GM, and he's been there for a very long time, is there a difference in the temperature uh, at complete, spring training?
1: Completely different temperature. In fact, um, Bill Schmidt. A lot of it is either he drafted a lot of the guys, or he scouted them before they got into the into the major leagues before they became pros. So he's kind of in with the coaching staff, in with the players, and and, and Jeff. Bar- not so I think there was a difference there, also, the fact that there have been a few signings and the trade of um, Tapia to bring in Randall Gritchick, I think there's a feeling that, hey, if he sees something that 's weak in his team, he has a plan to try to address it i mean and we can argue certainly. Chris Bryant, and you look at him, he's 30 years old. He'll be, what, 36, 37 when this contract ends. Maybe the end of that deal could be tough for them. But the beginning to help out the pitching, I think that a lot of people are on board with that. I mean, you look at um, Bramel Tapia, I, I still think is going to be a good offensive player in this league, but the difference is, as I talked about earlier, they weren't hitting home runs, so, so Schmidt addressed that. There's, there's more to address, and I think that um, they're not trying to sell us on this as a this is a super team right now because it's not deep enough, and everybody knows it. But I think that a lot of people are on the same page they don't feel like um they don't feel like the management is thinking one thing and the and the players are and the coaches are thinking something else. so that's been an improvement with this team
2: now last year, of course, Rockies did not start off well. They were three and eleven first couple of weeks they were uh twelve and twenty four uh at, in early to mid May. Obviously, this is a tough uh, th- tough series here to open with with the Dodgers for three at the start of the season. But beyond that, how much does this schedule, really with the exception of playing seven games against the Phillies, how much does this schedule offer the chance for the Rockies to get off to a bit of a confidence-building start here in the first month or so?
1: Well, it's interesting too, because last year you had the worst mix possible. A team that was challenged to, to score runs and they played a bunch of games in the division and also you had the pitching not start off well. So that put them behind the eight ball early. Um, I think the schedule helps them. They've they they played the Phillies pretty well in recent years and still the Phillies have bullpen questions. You look at that you look at that schedule though, and even if you kind of hover around five hundred you don't get buried in your division so early. So I think that the schedule, just the way that it's set up, has helped pretty well. It kind of works out pretty well for them. Now they have to go out and play, and they certainly can't have the beginning of the year where almost every starting pitcher struggled last year and Kyle Freeland was injured. They can't have that this year. But there's a a fighting chance there as far as the way the schedule works. And I think that in subsequent years, I know this is kind of off the subject, but... It may help the Rockies out because you go from playing the Dodgers 19 times a year to playing them 14 times a year. Um, someone had given a, a, a stat and. I'm remiss in not looking it up, but they said that the Rockies had losing records against the Dodgers, the the Giants, and the Padres last year and had winning or 500 records against every other team that they played, mm. which, mm-hmm. as bad as that team was last year, but you look at the National League where there are a number of teams that are tanking and you looked at, at some of the teams that they beat in series, at, um, on the road, I mean, you're looking at the Braves and the Phillies when they, when they were fighting for playoff spots. It's, it's, uh, I, I'm not sure the stat I was given was totally correct on that, but they did play representative baseball against other teams, but the three in their division killed them, and they're going to have to play better against those
0: teams. Thomas, today is the anniversary. 33 years ago today, the movie Major League came out. I'm sure you've seen a lot of baseball movies. What is the best baseball movie of all time over the last 50 years?
1: Best? baseball movie of all time over the last 50 years. I'm going to have to say Bull Durham. A lot of it just has to do with where I was at the time. I was actually covering Class A ball in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and I'd been to the McCormick Field in Asheville where where it all ended, and that was really funny. Now, the other thing about it, Ron Shelton, the director of that movie, he actually played in my hometown of Bluefield, West Virginia, and Mm -hmm. some of those characters, like Nuke Lelouch, and and they they were actually based on actual players that had played in my hometown. So that's the movie that I'll always kind of think of when I think of great baseball movies.
0: And candlesticks make a nice gift. Uh, tell yeah. us about your <laughs> tell us about your newsletter.
1: Okay. Yeah, every Wednesday and Saturday, um, a lot of news, a lot of features, a lot of uh, breakdowns will go into my newsletter, which you can get. Go to your MLB account and subscribe. It's for free, and there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in that that I think uh, kind of enhances your knowledge of what's going on with the team. Or at least I believe that because I wrote it. But um, like mm-hmm. this week, I did have a a kind of question and answer issues and answers with um, Chris Bryant, because I know he gets a lot of questions and it's like, why are you here? What, you know, what, what led you to come here? What about the other guys that have left this place? And what about the organization that takes a lot of criticism for having the same people? It's, uh, it, it is interesting that it fit a lot of the things that he wanted. And I just remembered the other thing where he said, we're him, are you afraid not to make the playoffs? You've been six or seven years. He says not at all, and he has the confidence in the guys, and it just feels like he feels like this is the fit, and he's willing to risk that part of his career.
0: Thomas, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it, my friend. And Thanks for having me. All right, coming up after the break, tomorrow's opening day, and if you look at the schedule of nationally televised games, it's as if baseball doesn't even care. That's next. There's something wrong with the world today I don't know what it is Something's wrong with our eyes